Okay. Ready? We'll do. A, let's do one, two, three, four, five, and then clap on six. Okay. But do. But you got to do the ands. One and two and three and four. That. Yes. And then we'll clap five and and clap on six. Yep. Okay. Here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Together, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Nope. Here we go. Okay. One and two and three and four and five and. Oh, I forgot to clap. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. I love getting synced up. I love it. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Long time. I'm good. (laughs) How are you doing? I'm great. Uh... Welcome, everybody, to I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. I'm Bob Schneider. And I'm Clint Wells. Bitch! <laughs> Man, I love saying the word bitch after everything. Like, well, Especially if it's something I'm really not happy about, but it can be stuff I'm happy about, too. It just fits. Here's the thing about most profanity. I mean, using profanity, you have to use responsibility, have responsibility. But the, fa- the basic fact is, those words are powerful and what I love about him the most is the um, the charm and the humor that gets injected into a sentence by simply uttering one of those words. Right. Well, I like to use the word bitch a lot when I'm just talking to myself because I spend most of my time alone, which is the way I prefer it. Uh, so I'll just be talking to myself and then just saying bitch a lot. Ooh, definitely going under the I'm not okay, you're not okay category. <laughs> well, it's like drinking alone. It's great. But, you know, people hear about it and they're like, um, what's up with all the drinking alone? It's like, what am I going to do? Not drink alone (laughs) and just be alone and not drink? Like, man, I had a hell of a Friday night. It was cool. I stood by the sink for about four and a half hours drinking an entire bottle of Jack Daniels with some mild, with some mild sobbing, saying bitch to myself. Looking at stuff and calling it bitch. (laughs) What are you looking at, dish rack, you fucking bitch? That's what I'm talking about. I like to, you know, just stuff. And the good thing is there's nobody gets hurt except for you, and you're hurting all the time anyway, so who cares? Well, I mean, someone's got to be an advocate for the fucking dish rag, homie. <laughs> Come on. Man, if, if we get an email where somebody's saying don't talk shit about a fucking dish rack, that's it for me. Lights out. This will be, you won't hear it from me again. I mean, the like, eight- what, what happened to Bob? He got an email. <laughs> Advocating from, dish rack rights from the ACLU, and he, and he fucking lights out night night forever for that dude. He's now, like, I can't live in a world where that's the case. Now, what Bobby Boberson Schneider McSchneidy is talking about is you can email us now, clintonbob at gmail dot com. We'll talk about whatever the fuck you want us to, including we're gonna including the inherent rights. <laughs> Of that dish rag to be treated with dignity and respect. <laughs> We're gonna get so much fuck. All, all the emails gonna deal with it's gonna have dish rag stuff. On I'm gonna forward sure. all, literally all of them to you. Hashtag dish rack rights. <laughs> hashtag. Hashtag dish rag. Dish rag two. <laughs> Times up. Dishes dry. <laughs> oh boy. Oh god. Now oh we got problems. We may need. Now a- we got problems because I'm now making. F- Fun of time's up. We may need to do a hard pivot here. <laughs> Might be time for the hard pivot. Okay. 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 What is, yeah, did. What, what do you like, man? What, actually, you know what? Let's start out with what you don't like. What don't you like? 
Uh, did we talk about Star is Born already? Uh, no, but I would love to chat about that. I have no desire to see it whatsoever. I did see the, the Freddie Mercury film. How was that? Unbelievable. It was great. It was? It was it's great, yeah. Oh, it looks so bad. No, it's great. All right. Let's talk about a star is born because I think that looks like doo doo. I thought it looked like doo doo, but then it got all these crazy reviews. You love like, you love reviews. You're a review well, guy. I mean, if something's in the nineties, rotten tomatoes, I like Bradley Cooper, I like Lady Gaga, kinda sorta, maybe. I don't hate her. Anyways, it just got such great reviews. I'm like how bad can it be? And then the thing that I always realize is that I'm never going to like a movie about people who make music because they never get it right. Get it wrong. Yeah. They never get it right. Be wrong. Yeah. Uh, so, I actually thought, you know, you and I have talked about that a lot over the years and I actually thought of you when I was watching Bohemian Rhapsody and, and of course there, you know, they didn't land some of it. I mean, there's some bullshit in there, of course, because it's impossible to get it right. But it got it pretty close. I mean, it's the stuff that bothers you and I, which let's talk about. It. So what is it that bothers you about biopics or movies about music making that they don't get right? What, what do you think they get wrong? All right, here's what they get wrong. First of all, songwriting is a solitary process. Very rarely are you writing a song in the company of strangers or other people. Now, that's not always true, and occasionally... You're in a band situation where you're jamming and you come up with something. But most of the time, you're alone writing a song. And uh, on film, that's real boring. So what they do is they try to jazz it up. Like you're having a great time with your buddies and you start coming up with some cool ideas. And the next thing you know, you're writing a song together and blah, blah, blah. And you're having a good time, blah, blah, blah. And that shit just doesn't happen. Right. So I walked out of Stars Born when they're in the parking lot. Writing a song together in the parking lot. You walked out of the and movie? Like, yeah. Oh, I was wow. Like, I can't. Well, the, the first big problem I had was they do the thing where everybody looks like they're in a band. Like, mm. everybody's, like, styled out to the max. <laughs> to, I'm like, to the max. And here's the thing about life. Here's, here's who's styled out in life, by the way. About one in every maybe 50 people. The other 49 look stupid. And what they always get wrong in all movies, especially movies like The Deuce, which I have yet to see. I'm going to watch it. It's not a movie. Upon your recommendation. It's not a damn movie. I know it's a series. But right. what they get wrong in all of these things is they style everybody out. And the fact of the matter is only one person looks like that person from the 70s. The rest of them kind of look like from the 50s or the <laughs> So, you know what I mean? All, nobody's getting it right. Everybody's kind of looks wrong. And same in music. Same in bands. Like, there's one or two dudes that look like fucking Jimi Hendrix, but the rest of everybody's looking not that great. Right. For every for every Lenny Kravitz, who is like the right. perfect looking rock star, right. there are a million schlubby dummies. And even, and even Lenny Kravitz is looking like a rock star on stage and at a photo shoot, and the rest of the time he's just looking like goddamn Lenny Kravitz. He's wearing a pair of shorts with his dick and his balls hanging out. He's got a, a sizable <laughs> cock that's got a ring in it. He likes to expose it to very underage e girls, which I guess he's into. Sorry. Didn't, it, didn't, it fall out, didn't it fall out of his pants or something? His fucking dick was so big he fucking busted it out of his goddamn tight pants. Hey, leave me here's out of it. Here's what's never happened to me. I've never done a fucking cartwheel on stage and my dick was so fucking bulbous and <laughs> massive and hard that it fucking 
stretch the goddamn fabric of my goddamn denim jeans and burst out and showed itself to the world. Never. My dick. No. My dick is like a little hamster in a tiny little, in a giant fucking tiger cage. But it's not a tiger cage. It's just a sealed metal box. It's not breaking out of shit. Scared. Anyways. Uh... We'll put, that one, we'll put that one. We'll put that under the "I'm okay, you're okay." That's we'll file that away real quick. <laughs> Anyways, the problem I had mostly was was with his accent. He was doing like a Sam Elliott impression, and I guess you find out later that his brother was Sam Elliott and he stole his voice, and that's why he talks that way. But nobody does that either. If you grow up with somebody, you have the same accent. Uh, well, that's not true. My not, sis, I, know my, I was as soon as I said that I realized you don't have the same accent as anybody in your family. No, my my sister will say shit sometimes like and I love my sister. My sister is a sweetheart and a great mother and a, a smart person. She's great. But sometimes she'll say shit where I'm like it, it's like a record spinning off the you know, the needle like like what'd you what'd you go down there for or something like that. I'm like, "Huh?" I'm like, "Mandy, we grew up in the exact same environment. What are you what is this fucking accent? Well, the first time I was ever around when you were talking to your dad on the phone, I could not believe that you were related to your dad. Well, he used you guys to yeah, he used to call polar, me polar, polar opposite. Yeah, he used to call yeah, he used to call me and I would put it on speakerphone in your car just so you could hear the insanity I have to deal with. But yeah, pretty different, right? Do an impression of him. I can't, but I'll do an impression of you. Ring. <laughs> Ring. Oh, shit, it's my dad. All right, I'm going to put this on speakerphone so you can hear how fucked up this is. Okay. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> hi, hi, Clint's dad, if you're listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> He's probably not, though. But he might be. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. That, that just, we just got. By the way, that just we just went into the room marked, I'm not okay. <laughs> I'll never be okay. Go. And the room... <laughs> Once you've entered this room, you can't leave it. Oh, by the way, you're already in the room. The doors are locked from the inside, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> yeah. This entire time that you thought you were outside, you were in that room. Yeah. Uh, anyway, okay. Here. Ring. Ring. Uh, hello? Hello? What am I supposed to you're, you're doing your dad. I, I can't do it. I can't do this game, dude. I can't. I absolutely can't do it. <laughs> All right, let me let me try to do it. I'll try to do your dad, you do you. This is a really fun segment. <laughs> I'm bad at accents, but let's try it. I, I'm not going to role play. All right, let's try it. Just go, hey, what's ring, ring? Hey. Hello? Hey. Ha- oh, good evening. Good evening, <laughs> Clinton. It's your father. <laughs> Did you get your package that I sent you? Uh, I sent you, I sent it- you some sheets from my travels abroad. I was in Egypt, and they had some incredible thread counts. I thought of you, and I sent you a delicious tincture. (laughs) A delicious English-style Egyptian tincture to put on your sheets. Did you get it? I hope so. I do delight in you receiving packages from your old goody old daddy dad. It is, is that pretty close? It is uncanny how similar you sound to him. 
I mean, all right. First of all, your dad's from what part? What put, fucked up part of a goddamn Alabama is Montgomery? Montgomery, where Mon- I was born. <laughs> Montgomery. Basic. I would say like where racism was invented, maybe hmm. in the United States. I mean, I, I know Mississippi's like, oh, hold on a minute now, <laughs> hold on now. I know Montgomery going deep in the paint with that racism, but damn boy, we got ourselves some real good stuff here in Mississippi. Well, I ain't got no teeth to prove it, baby, baby. Well, baby, 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 baby. Don't you go living out south in Carolina now at the Georgia. We got the Georgia there. I, mean, I remember going to Gaffney's Plumbing when I was about, oh, eight or nine to well, get myself, get myself a sh- shovel. Well, we started Gaffney Plumbing 177 years ago. I... If you if your pipes are pumping, call Gaffney Grabbing. If your pipes are humming, call Gaffney Loading. <laughs> Gaffney Plumbing. Wait, if your pipes are pumping, call Gaffney Plumbing. Well, I tell you something. Don't not call him. Call him. I'm Look a- out for the kettle. <laughs> Look out for the kettle cough. All right. Anyways, so yeah, that's uh, your dad sounds more like those guys. I don't know. I liked You're, your I liked your Egyptian British guy. He travels the world. And he he just, likes to do a lot of traveling. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, let's talk about something we like. Uh, Star is born. I didn't like it. You haven't seen it. Um, I don't like those kinds of movies. They're like, oh, it's a real tearjerker. He get he because he's I guess he's a an alcoholic. Woohoo! I lived that. Who gives a shit? It sounds really boring to me. And by the way, is Lady Gaga a good actress? I know, uh, I know she did American Horror Story. I mean, like I said, I watched 15 minutes of the movie. Uh, she wasn't bad. Uh, you know, it's harder than you think acting. So, uh, you know, I thought she did. She she was fine. And and I love Bradley Cooper. I just had such a hard time with that accent. It was like, good God, don't. Why? I don't, don't give, do uh, it. I, 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 I 100% agree with you. Acting is hard. It's a lot harder than I ever thought it was. But I don't give people a pass for being mediocre at something because it's hard. Playing guitar, not easy. Playing it really well, not easy. But you better be good at it if you want to impress me. I mean, right? Well, I, I just, lately I've just been thinking about how upset I get if somebody's only good at something. Like if somebody, if I watch like a stand-up comedian or if I watch a movie or any, if I do any creative, if I watch any creative endeavor and it's only good, I get so upset. I'm like, fuck that mother, that motherfucker sucks dicks. <laughs> but really, they're good, but they're just not the best thing I've ever seen. And so I'm just like, it's... It's so I find it so strange that I, I like they're doing something so much better than anything I could ever come up with myself. But because it's not as good as this other thing I saw, I'm like upset now. I'm like, what is that? Yeah, I don't really, I don't have that. Like, I'll I'll watch a movie that's not great, like that's not The Godfather. But if it's good, I'll be like, mm, all right. Sometimes even when I watch movies that at the end of it, I'm like, that eh, wasn't very good. I still find something rewarding about the experience i don't i don't get that bummed about it like i watched a chris delia stand up which i think he's pretty funny i like him but in a, funny but too. about 90 minutes of him is way way too much it's just horrible yeah um, he, he he's he, he he misses occasionally but he the when he hits he's, he's pretty good his opening joke was he came out and he was like before you say anything 
I know that I look like a tired bird or like a tired eagle. <laughs> and it was so true. Like, yeah, he really, he really nailed what he looks like. And that's such a horrible thing to look like a tired bird. Speaking um, of good, speaking of good stand up. Yeah. Uh, that Adam Sandler, hundred percent fresh. Oh my god, so 100% good, one hundred percent fresh. So good, so good. I couldn't believe how good it was. Forever. Well, he hasn't done any. He's just done those stupid movies forever. It's it's kind of like you know, like Elvis. All through the sixties, made one shitty movie after another, and everybody's like, "Fuck Elvis!" And then he did that comeback special in sixty eight, and they're like, "Oh goddamn, this dude's the fucking king of rock and motherfucking roll." It, it was that, yeah, I agree. It was, was really like impressive. It was really yeah. impressive because it was really deep. It was yeah. really funny. The songs oh. were good. Uh, I cried. I cried at both the Chris Farley thing and the wife thing. Both I did too. Cry. The I, the I want to grow up with you. Oh, big uh, time. Good God. And big I time. didn't like. He dug down twice. He like. All right. I'm gonna make you cry. And then I'm like, oh, he'll end up some jokes. No, he's like, I'm gonna make you cry again. I'm yeah. Like, oh man, so good. And think about how hard that must be. Like, I watched. I watched the Ron White. You know, uh, the his new stand up too, and I've I've always thought Ron White was pretty funny, even though he's not really my cup of tea uh, in almost any way. But I watched his and was like, eh, all right, whatever." But that Adam Sandler one was—it's one thing to be funny just because you're kind of a drunk and all your jokes are about how you how you like fucking and drinking and doing. You know what I mean? Like Ron White's kind of that's his whole deal, you know. Yeah, I'm a Texas well, redneck thing. But Adam Sandler's like, it really surprisingly had a lot of substance. And it made me think about my own life. It made me think about my relationships, my friendships. And it was funny. That's hard, yeah. dude. That's no joke. He wrote all that. I know. It's crazy. Well, I always thought he was real funny. I, And even the movies that he makes that suck... If he's just playing himself, if he doesn't have an accent, and he's just playing kind of an Adam Sandler guy... Like, um, you mean like a schleppy, like the cobbler and like click and stuff? Well, even the cobbler, I feel like he was playing like some character. Like, if he, as long as he's not playing a character and he's just kind of playing Adam Sandler, I'm 100% in, even if the movie sucks, because he's likable. Like, I like him. And so I'll watch him kind of do his thing. But if he's like playing little Nicky or no, 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 yeah, like or Waterboy, I don't like the Waterboy, Waterboy or the Israeli, uh, the Israeli barber, anything where he's got like a really heavy accent and he's not playing himself. The I'm Zohan, playing, yeah, awful. Or, or yeah, no, that's you're exactly right. Like Spanglish, for example, he plays kind oh, yeah. of he plays kind of a likable loser, and that's him right. in the Cobbler, that's him in Click, that's him yeah. in Punch Drunk Love. I mean, he, he's a, yeah. he's a, he's good. I mean, some of his stuff's real good. I, I agree. When he plays those crazy characters, it's it's just too goofy, right? And he does this thing where he's like, you know. He's not trying to, you know, like what he was wearing in that stand-up special is just like he's just wearing comfortable clothes. But he's still like, you know, he looks, he looks like who he is. He looks like a guy his age who's, been, he's, like been himself the whole time. He's not trying to be somebody else. And something about that is extremely endearing. I I agree. Well, you know, I hate to use this word because this word is so charged up and bullshitty, but. When that got, when I finished watching, we watched it on the bus when I was on the road, and uh, I thought, you know what, he really is an artist. Like, he's a total artist. It's more than the opera bullshit or his jokey Saturday Night Live bullshit. It's more than Billy Madison, more than the Zohan, and more than all these horrible grown-up movies. Like, he's just got a, you know, like he has a perspective on the world that I found really impressive and like well-rounded. 
Because it's hard to land all of those things. Be serious, make you cry, write the song for his friend that hits all these emotional things. And it came off as, it wasn't exploitative at all. You could tell they were really homies. You know what I mean? Right. Well, he's always done, that's the thing about his comedy. Like, it's always been, like, it's been funny, but at the same time, there's a sweetness to all of his humor that's always been there. Yeah. Um, and occasionally it gets lost when he like when he's doing these characters, and maybe that's his way of just kind of not being that, you know. And I wonder what he's. I wonder he, what he's like to be like friends with, or in. A, I wonder if he's super fucked up, you know. Right, because it is weird. Like most people that are really funny tend to be pretty fucked up, but I, all of the people that I know that are funny, I enjoy their company. Yeah, and I. And but I will say this: hard to get them on the phone. You know, uh, people that are funny that are dark tend to hole up in the cave. You know what I mean? Sure. So, but yeah, I don't know. I I have a hard time with just normal people. I had a friend once. He's, his name is Shane. He was a drummer in a band I was in for a while, and it's weird. We were really tight for a long time, and I pretty much never talked to him. I have no idea what he's doing, but he was all, no matter what room he was in, he's the funniest dude in the room, no matter what. And it's funny, like another funny guy might be around and Shane would always just play it cool. He'd, he'd let that guy be the funny guy for a minute, but you, cause it's cause he knew that when he was ready to be himself, he was going to destroy whoever was the funniest guy. He was that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And, but the funny thing about him was like, he'd do all that and you just would assume he was super extroverted or whatever. But like, as soon as he quit being the funny guy, like if we were in the van on a tour, he would immediately fall asleep, like pass out. Like he, it just truly exhausted him right. because he was so introverted, and it was almost like a burden for him because it, it was so effortless too. I mean, he he was really kind of a genius, and right. uh, but it, it, I mean, he would just fall asleep standing up sometimes because he was just it exhausted him to be that dude. Well, I was listening to an interview, I think it was on Mark Marin. I can't remember who it was, actually, to tell you the truth, but it was somebody, and, and the thing that I realized at some point while I was listening to this interview was like, this guy is spending zero, zero energy trying to be funny. Like, it was such a strange, like, it was such a weird realization that right. I made. Because that, it's, I that, it's, eff- all, that it's effortless. Well, I spend all of my time trying to say something interesting or all something your chime? funny. I spend all my time. I try to well, spend all of my time that, being funny. There was a time when I was, there was a time when I <laughs> had a real realization about. There was no, a chime when I was a child. <laughs> I was a child and I had a time when I was a child. Well, you and I have talked about this too, and you know, you do a segment of your Saxon show. It's my least favorite moment ever, where Mm -hmm. you introduce everyone in the band, and then you kind of give that person the floor. And I love that about what you do, and it is a fucking joy to watch. With the few times I've actually just been in the crowd at the Saxon, but what I hate about it when I play with you there is I'm the last guy. So you got Oliver, Bruce. Danny or whoever, Wayne or whoever's on drums, and every, all you know the dudes we travel with and make music with are all super funny. So then They're it com- comes to me, and I feel like I have to really bring the whole fucking show home. 
And it's well, just hard to it's hard to do when you're it's an affectation, you know. Well, I did the math on that. I, I did the math on this recently. Oh, you have an abacus? Did you use a well, I do the math on I do the math on everything in life. That's great. Uh, that's that's what I do. I just I just put You're it all a mathematician. Up yeah. on the I put it all up on the board, do the math on it, come <laughs> up with the with with the answer. And right. the answer is because you're easily one of the funniest guys I've ever met. When you're in the bus, you are it's everybody's laughing. Like if I'm in the bunk and you're in the front, I just hear everybody laughing. If you're in the bunk and I'm in the front, everybody in the bunk's laughing. You're easily the funniest. Guy All I'm doing there. is just lighting my farts on fire. By the way, well, that's the only joke. I'm kidding. But then, what happens is you get on stage and you get this thing in your head where you're like, "I'm not funny," and because, like, be, it like something happens, and it is weird. You become kind of unfunny on stage. For it's so weird. I'm like, what is going on? And. uh like we used to do this bit uh, F talk with Becky and Ethel, which is always funny. And I would make you do it on stage. You're like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I'm like, we have to do it because it's funny. And then we would do it. And then at some point you would just bust that. You'd be like, it'd be too much for you. You couldn't take it anymore. And you'd stop doing it. I'm like, don't stop doing it. It's funny. And then you'll listen to it afterwards and you'll be like, oh shit, that was funny. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know why I thought it wasn't funny. I know, but I think... I mean, I, th- I think some of that's true, but but here, let me get this like officially on the show now. Let me let's okay. get it down forever on the internet. All right, because I think this is an important distinction. What I, it's not that I don't think I'm funny. I think I'm I think I'm okay. I can hold my own, but I I'm hyper aware of the fact that part of what endears me in a funny way is knowing me. And when I'm on stage in front of several hundred people that don't know me, I can't do all that groundwork that you do in relationships where there's context, they understand my humor. You, however, are the star of the show. It's your name on the marquee. They already, well, and it doesn't hurt that you're pretty funny. You're funny. You're fucking hilarious. But they they, they want to think you're funny. <laughs> thanks, for th- thanks for throwing me that's pretty good. That one little piece of corn. It's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> thanks for throwing the piece, the hamster, the tiny... Tiniest piece of corn. Thank no, you. dude, you're fucking hilarious. You know that. But th- they want to think you're funny. They want to like you. So you have a lot more room to exp- explore your strange comedy. Whereas I get, I'm on the fucking, it better be funny. Especially when you tell people how funny I am. They're like, oh, okay. Okay. Let's see. And I just don't, I just kind of cave under that realization that I don't have the contact. I don't have the time right, for them to you, like me. Right. But the thing that, the thing that I think that gets you is that you you set your expectations for being funny so high when really you don't need to set them that high. You only need to be mar- you only need to be sort of funny. Yeah, but let's go back to you saying it. that when someone's just good at something instead of great, you hate that. Well, it's yeah, that is true. <laughs> but <laughs> do the math on that, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Uh, with that, should we do a little? Should we do a little f talk with Becky and Apple? <sighs> Because this Jesus. is something I do, I do enjoy. All right, everybody, <sighs> it's time for uh, it's time for F Talk with your host Becky Neffel. Bye. Hey, <laughs> hey Becky. Into... Hi, hi, Ethel. How you doing, baby? <laughs> uh, I'm doing okay. How are you doing? You know what? You look a little. You look like you could use a stiff drink. I could use a stiff man, I tell you what. Good God, girl. You're getting me all hot and bothered now. 
Well, you know what they say. I love no, this. I, 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 lo- I don't know what they. No, don't. You're busting out of it. Because it's doing not the thing. funny. Because it it's sucks. not funny right now. Because we haven't done it in a while. But here's the deal. If you would have stuck with it, we were about to get on the wave. We were paddling to the funny part. You got to keep paddling till you get to the funny part. See, I think the, we're almost there. I think the problem is that we're paddling. I like this analogy. I'm going to stick with it. We're paddling to the funny. The funny part is a mirage that you see in the in the dark, deep it's, black ocean, and no. there is no island there. There's right, no hula let's girl. Just, let's try it one more time. Oh let's Christ! Try it one more time. All uh, right, you know, you know what I'm going to commit to doing? I'm going to commit to just being in the bit as long as you want to go. And okay, 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 <laughs> okay. All right. Hi, Ethel. How you doing? Hey, Becky. What's going on? I just got back from church. I love my Christ. I just love my Christ. I like that new. Uh, I like that new uh, boy that walks around with the with the uh, with the basket. You know, oh, the, the little altar the boy. Don- the donation? No, no, not the, good God! No, not the altar boy. That the donation basket boy? No, that fifty-year-old man who walks around who hands out the basket. Oh, I the, love it. Yes, with he wears that. Uh, what does he wear? He wears like a a ve- it's like a velvet plush. Uh, it's a crushed velvet. Oh, it's crushed. Oh, crushed. Velvet, honey. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. It's cru- It's like a crush. Boy, I tell you, I haven't been that hot and bothered since I went to one of them Bob Schneider shows. Well, first of all, Bob, we can't even really talk about that because he's hairy in a good way. You know what I mean? Like he's hairy in a good way. But he's hairy. He's hairy, but he could. I, I tell you, he could use a bit of a trim. I, last time I saw him, he he was letting that grow, he was letting it grow out. I hear him a lot. I'm hearing a lot of scratching and scruffing over there. You okay, Becky? Well, I have I have had a bit of an infestation lately. Oh, crabs again. No, not crabs, uh, rats. We got we got ourselves some vermin over here, and I think they're carrying around some kind of a jumpy bug. I don't know what they're called. A jumpy bug's what they're called. I heard someone one day call call them a flea or something, but I, they're called jumpy bugs. Yeah. Anyway, so these rat fleas, whatever we got over here, they're, they're really getting out of hand. Well, <laughs> it's really worth saying again. There's a lot of scratching and. Scratching and rubbing over there, and it's making it real hard to hear you, Becky. Everything okay? <laughs> Everything's fine. Uh, I'm glad we're not in the same room, though, in this bit. <laughs> it sounds like you're balling up lots of pieces of paper over and over <laughs> till forever, till Jesus comes. <laughs> well, I'm trying to, I'm trying to clean up some of this rat, some of these rat corpses. I don't like touching them with my bare hands. Ooh, no, they carry That's disease a- and such. Well. Yeah, and some of them been sitting around for a while. They're they're a little bit uh, soft, as I you know. They get hard and then they soften up. What do you? Anyway, so, let me ask you something. What do you feed a rat infestation? What do you feed uh, vermin? I, whatever's available, really. Sounds like you're feeding <laughs> them a bunch of scan scantron sheets, a bunch of balled up, <laughs> a bunch of balled up wax paper. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like they done got into the right. aluminum foil again. You weren't joking about wanting to stick to the bit as long as we did. So, but I did. We did get to some stuff that was kind of funny there. I mean, yeah, it, it, emphasis on yeah. the word "kind of." It, t- it, t- it took a while, anyways. But that's about all the time we got. 
Uh, it's been fun, as always, uh, hanging out with y'all here on uh, on the show. We hope you join us again. Uh, check out my other podcast, Bob Schneider Song Club. You can get that on the pod, on the uh, wherever you get your podcast. You can check out Clint Wells' podcast, uh, Metal Up Your Ass, which is a wonderful show where they talk about all things Metallica. But it's not just all things Metallica. It really is. Uh, you guys have a great podcast, and even if you're not a me- into a Metallica, which I'm not really into Metallica, it's it's fun to listen to. So check that out. Uh, what else? You Clint? can email. Us, clintonbob uh, at gmail.com. Let us know what you think about Becky and Ethel. Please send us all emails saying how terrible it is. That way we can never do it again. Um, you can you can write to the Keep Bob Away from Crumpling Paper organization um, on behalf of the a, podcast. By the way, when people are listening to this, there's no crumpled paper. I think that's uh, I, that's some weird ghost in the machine. There's no crumpling. There, people are be like, what's he talking about? Anyways, well, I hope matter. that's I'm the okay. case. I'm okay. You're okay. I'm uh, not okay. Uh, you're not okay. Bye. Bye.